I mean, but, I feel like life hack, there's always some new year approaching and you yeah. can just pick that one. <laughs> yeah. And I could just make it up. Like, it's fine. Hey, what, what new year is this? I don't know. It's the lizard new year. Like, I don't know. Like, no one would question that. Who's going to tell me I'm wrong. L- lizard <laughs> calendars are, are seven month years. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Who's, I, and they'd be like, that's not right. And I'd be like, go ask the lizards. And then they'd have to go ask the lizards, which they're not going to. So I feel and like if they I'm did, the they connect with lizards and that still is a win for everyone. So right. I, yeah. Right. So I think it's, I think it's fine. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, speaking of lizards, yes. welcome to the Higher Republic, everyone. This is our Rogue Podron spinoff where we talk about Higher Republic books and comics and whatever else strikes our fancy with whoever read whatever we're talking about. So Woo. I'm Supreme Leader Danny. This was elected in the last episode, so it's yes. it's official. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, Jedi Grandmaster Council member. What what is your title in the Higher Republic? I would. I would like to be Grandmaster. Okay. Yeah, Grandmaster okay. Meg. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Great. That's Grandmaster Meg. And today we are talking about A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the whole thing from start to finish. There will be spoilers. So if you have not read it yet, um, I don't know about Meg, but I definitely recommend it. Yeah. And then come back and listen. Yeah. Great. Take it away, Britney Spears. <laughs> galaxy is at peace, ruled by the glorious Republic and protected by the noble and wise Jedi Knights. This is the era of the High Republic. Slash Panic at the Disco. <laughs> I'm mostly here for Britney, but yeah, yeah Panic at the Disco also. <laughs> uh, cool. So Meg, on the last episode, we, we talked a little bit about just like what our thoughts were coming into the higher public as a whole. And I'm curious because you also had the same, I feel like, journey as as the rest of us were. The rollout was eye rolly and we were a little trepidatious. Ugh. But now that you've sort of experienced your first read of the higher public and sort of seen what's going on in social media around it. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I agree that like, because it was Project Luminous and they <laughs> teased it for like a whole six months or, or more, it was more. It, they teased it for oh, so- Oh, I feel like it was like a year at least, For wasn't it? so long. Um, it felt like a decade. <laughs> it felt forever, honestly. Uh, and so when it kind of came out, I didn't really care. And then when they started dishing out kind of the art of the characters, um, I, I think I went on like a Twitter rant about how everyone's human. <laughs> <laughs> but then they started giving like more and more information. And then like, it, it started to be like less annoying and more just like, I'm not really sure how into this I'm gonna get. Um, but you, but then like all of the characters came out and like when uh, Light of the Jedi, is that that book? Is mm-hmm. that the one you read last week? Yep, that is. <laughs> um, came out and they kind of had like a, a nice handy chart of all of like the new Jedi 
and everything like that. It was like fun to see that. And um, in general, I tend to gravitate toward like YA and middle grade books for Star Wars because I think they they tend to have more of the storytelling that like I'm looking for, mm-hmm. um, which is like a faster pace, um, definitely more character driven usually the characters in it can be like a little more weird than what you expect because like kids are very open to a bunch of weird stuff (laughs) and and so like when they kind of did the rollout for all of the books that were coming out and they did um test of courage and then the other one that comes out next week um uh, the Great Jedi Rescue. Um, like, I know I wanted to read those. And so I started with with this one and I was not disappointed. <laughs> I really like everyone. And even the characters I didn't really like, like, I still found them interesting. Yeah. And I felt like there was just enough explanation of what was going on in the universe in this like one very small thing that happened. And I really appreciate that because it was so focused on this like one story and basically on these four characters, but it still gave you a little snippets of like what the grander picture is for the High Republic and what other books and other stories are probably going to lead to or involve, um, which I really appreciated. Yeah, reading this was kind of my first exploration of like, because I I feel like a little bit like I understand why they have all these different books that are all gonna be able to stand alone, but also tie in. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'm I a concern that I had about the High Republic is like, oh, it's gonna be restricted that way too. Like, why right. can't we just have a series that you have to start at the beginning and work your way through? Um, but I will say that like reading this book, like I, it is you're right. It's written for a different audience, um, mm-hmm. young kids and Megs. And um, <laughs> uh, like, I I thought that having read Light of the Jedi, like I thought that she did a really good job of sort of relaying the events that were relevant from that book, but also making it its own, own yeah. little adventure. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really appreciated it. Um, and yeah, again, this book was by, is by um, Justina Ireland. So I definitely wanted to support um authors of color especially women of color writing in Mm -hmm. star wars because we don't have that many yet and um even justina has like done other work she wrote uh one of the batu books and i didn't read it because i don't really care (laughs) about about galaxy's edge stuff um and so now i get to read i got to read something by her in star wars which I was really happy about. Yeah, yeah, it was fun to read. I've, I've, I think I've read one of her other ones, although I can't for the life of me remember what it is now. Um, but yeah, I really like Justina Ireland, and I'm glad that um, Lucasfilm seems to be embracing her as well because she does mm-hmm. have another High Republic title coming out in a few months now, which is fun. Yeah. Um, at the the YA level, I think, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the the other way that it kind of tied into the Light of the Jedi was was the the Nile characters. We didn't mm. see these characters in Light of the Jedi, but we learned a lot more about the Nile and what they're up to. Um, 
And also, I, again, appreciated having a chance to focus in on a couple of them and, and learn their deal. And they were sort of like bumbling cartoonish villains a little bit, but also like I liked them. And yeah. and it was uh, it's it was interesting to see, you know, Light of the Jedi was focused on sort of the leadership. And so it was interesting to see some of just the two, you know, getting sent out for routine errands of uh, chaos creation in the galaxy, right. as it were, which apparently is just like their whole thing is just like, let's just fuck shit up wherever and whenever we can because it's fun (laughs) right and we did get a little glimpse of like the big bad at the end yes um so i was like oh okay (laughs) yeah well and that's interesting because again it's a big bad that's not connected to or at least that was not referenced in light of the jedi so it's maybe perhaps a big bad specifically for the middle grade series or maybe kara it was kara right this definitely feels like it's going to kind of be continued in further books. Yeah. Um, We've got to see where these they've left again. off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then what were your thoughts on, should we talk about the characters? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the, we have to talk about the characters. Because <laughs> one, Master Douglas. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Love, love the character the of, of Master Douglas. But his fucking name Every is time. Douglas. He was, mor- he was mourning the tragic death of Master Douglas. I can't take you seriously right now because like, you're mourning Master Douglas. And it's not even like spelled differently. It's still <laughs> D-O-U-G-L-A-S, Douglas. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> there are certain human names that come into Star Wars where it's right. like, okay, fine, I can get that. But sometimes there's one that's just like, uh, like Douglas. <laughs> it's Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh. Master Douglas. It's almost tragic that he died so early on. Well, we won't get to see more of it, Master Douglas, because I kind of feel like there was a lot of potential there. <laughs> I feel like I need to know a lot about him because who named you that? What, like, Master, Master, I just can't get over Master Douglas. Um, <laughs> it was just so ridiculous from, like, the very first time reading it. Yeah. Um, but other than that, other than that, so I'm just going to cut it and say there were five main characters and it was Rogue Padron. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it know truly... if there's a direct one-to-one for all of them, but definitely there was a Meg and definitely there was a Saf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think there was a Danny too. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, I think we can make cases for all of them. I think so too. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm now making the Ash comparison to, um, Emery. You mean that? Yeah. And then um, Honesty Weft. Also <laughs> terrible fucking name. I, I was I was really hoping there'd be like some explanation of like, in this culture, children were named after like the values that their parents hoped they would have when they grew up. But no, no, it was just Honesty Weft. No explanation given. <laughs> honesty Weft. Um, which uh, I did not comment on it because I did not want to acknowledge it when it happened. But like two days ago, Dinner Leader tweeted, there's no honesty weft in the galaxy. And I was just like, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> Any goodwill that a Dinner Leader had with me right now has officially, he's been reset back to zero. You got to start over, Jeff. <laughs> I, I didn't even like it. I was just like, I'm going to ignore this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, because like honesty weft is very much like a home body doesn't want to get kind of thrown off of their course like big family values and i'm very much like that's that's heath though there's heath um and 
yeah just like the attachment to family and like shouldn't have gone out in space should have just stayed home I love home home is great <laughs> like yeah yeah (laughs) and then of course we've got the sassy scientist who uh is always full of way too many ideas and doesn't know what to do with them and also is not always the filter the brain to words filter doesn't always work properly (laughs) yeah (laughs) i wonder who that one is yeah gee i wonder so that's danny and then we, of course, had the, the sassy droid who overcame yep. her programming and now has gaining sentience and <laughs> probably, probably need to keep an eye she's on that. So, she's so sassy <laughs> and she has so many weapons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like a MacGyver situation, right? Where like every every time there's like a new weapon that was popping out. <laughs> right. Just like, oh, also a, bl- a whole ass blaster cannon. You're like, yeah. what? <laughs> Why did then, you not yeah. tell us this before? <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, let's start with the mom of the group who has just oh. spent the entire time head desking because she was trying to keep her kids from staying in line and not putting themselves at greater risk in their oh. life or death situation. Vernestra Rowe, <laughs> whose oh. name I've had stuck in my head for the last two days since I started reading this, by the way. It's I just keep saying thing. it over and over. It's such a satisfying Vernestra Rowe. Vernestra yeah. Rowe. <laughs> and I love that she's just called Vern. Yeah. I love And she hates it. <laughs> Yeah, because it's a terrible nickname. <laughs> Vern. Like <laughs> in my um it reminds me of of Fern, who mm-hmm. was the probably 80 plus year old woman who worked in the cafeteria at my college. Uh-huh. Her job was to stand at the dish return and make sure that everyone returned all their dishes. And it was always like a rite of passage. If you could steal a cafeteria tray without Fern catching you and then use it to go sledding down the hill. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is absolutely what Vern will be doing in her very exactly. old age. That's, at yeah. the Jedi at the Jedi Temple. She'll be like the Jedi like, cafeteria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like watching over the younglings, just being like, you better stay in line right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. We do not have budget for any more dishes right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I love Vern. Um, she she is so cool mm-hmm. and so talented. Despite being like fifth, sixteen, she's sixteen in this. She passed her Jedi trials at fifteen. Yeah, um, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that and, yeah. Right away, I'm just like, wow. Okay, you're you're so cool. You would never acknowledge me in real life. <laughs> no, so she's cool. too cool. <laughs> and uh, it's. It's nice because like, even though she is a Jedi Knight, you do see the parts where she is still 16. And I like, I really appreciate the parts where she acknowledged that she was being too cocky or that she had something to learn from someone else or like mm-hmm. from a situation. Um, like she, she really is, I mean, this is the one book I have to like go off of, but like, she is what like a Jedi should be. Yeah. And I really, I really like her. Yeah. Well, and not to bring everything back to Hayden Christensen, but I feel like, she, you know, this is a great example of, you know, this, this whole, this whole initiative is telling the story of the Jedi in their prime. Right. Like the Jedi are allowed to make mistakes. Yep. And, and even her whole treatment of Imri in the, in the situation at the end when he was, falling to the dark side essentially mm-hmm. and rather than just like write him off she like forgave him was like i'm gonna teach you like that's such a different jedi 
that's such a different approach to learning and to mistakes than we see when yep. Anakin, and and that is why Anakin fell to the dark side right and so it's it's nice to see that and especially just like in a 15 year old it's just like yeah that just kind of demonstrates that like that is how they're doing it around her that's how she was raised in this order like that's just that's just the norm right and like yeah she's 15 like, <laughs> like of course and especially like the acknowledgement is that this was a very terrible situation that they were in mm-hmm. and like what what are you gonna do and I especially like when she kind of the the speech that she makes when she asks Emery to like be her Padawan um because you know she says recognizing our mistakes and doing better is the path of the Jedi the Jedi order isn't going to kick you out for a single mistake it just doesn't work that way if it did there wouldn't be anybody left acknowledging that everyone makes mistakes (laughs) and I was scared on Weevo because I didn't think I could help you and I was afraid to reach out the way I wanted to but I think now that we could work well together and like what is this vulnerability in right. being open and, she's and like, honest? I'm not Master Douglas, but he was <laughs> right about you. You're going to make an amazing Jedi one day because you are willing to adapt and change. And like, that's so great because the, the knowledge that like, you're not going to do everything perfectly, no matter how long you've been a Jedi. And uh, that like, you know, she, she had doubted herself and that is also, you know, not anyone's fault and like maybe not the best thing that could have happened, but like it's, it's done mm-hmm. and they have to move on from that. And now they know each other better and now they can work together to both be better Jedi. Yeah. It's good. That was some good, that was some good shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, yeah, yeah, I feel like in, in a way, like we kind of joke about how she's her, she's the tired mom who's trying to keep everyone together. But in reality, she's the tired mom who's got a bunch of kids that just experienced an extremely traumatic event. Right. Some of whom are mourning the only parental figures they've ever known in their entire lives. Like, right. that's a lot. That's a lot yeah. for a 15 year old child prodigy. Right. And like, she's also has to deal with everything that happened but she can't deal with those feelings right now because other people are depending on her mm-hmm. and oh is that relatable yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes danny it is um and right and especially being you know the jedi like one of the jedi of the group right it's like both her and um you know Imri felt the loss of everyone on on the ship not just master douglas or like not just you know honesty like like knows that his dad is dead mm-hmm. um but like the the loss that comes of just everybody on their dying right and even if you weren't personally connected to them, like that's still a traumatic event. Right. It was like, oh no, that's even really just a simple <laughs> thing that you like almost got sucked out an airlock, essentially. <laughs> like, right. That she literally threw herself to the opening. That was so badass. <laughs> it was so cool. Um, that she threw herself to the opening because that was the only way she could deal with it. <laughs> like, yeah. And that like Douglas trusted her to be able to do that 
on her own, even though she was scared and she admits that she was scared, she still did it mm -hmm. um, and like still made it happen. And I love the part because like Avon, I, don't, I forget if it was Avon or Honesty, but like one of them was like, yeah, she has to be a badass Jedi because she threw herself at the airlock. <laughs> <laughs> How to become a badass Jedi, step one. Right, step one, just throw yourself into danger, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but actually though. <laughs> but isn't that what they do? That's literally their job. <laughs> yeah, so I, I really like Vern. I'm excited to read more about her because like she does have uh, so much more story to tell and her light whip yeah what holy crap that is not so only is she cool. shot prodigy but she's like inventing new types of lightsabers already right that the force spoke to her in the middle of the night and was like hey make a light whip and she couldn't <laughs> she couldn't go back to bed until her modifications were done <laughs> also and relatable that, right and that like it it's like kind of an ancient weapon for jedi mm -hmm. like that makes it even cooler because you know emory was like night sisters have those which baller um no. but and also i would really want to know about the night sisters of this era um, yeah, what is their, I mean, how does she, she knows them, so they must have some relationship with the Jedi. Right. And, and what are they like, doing with their lightsaber whips over there on Dathomir? Right, because Night Sisters and Clone Wars were boring, and so Night Sisters <laughs> in here, I need to know. Yeah. Um, and also anyway. kind of reclusive, like they, they were working with Count Dooku, right? But they were pretty reclusive yeah. for the most part. Right. And, um, and so then, but then she cites, you know, when the Sith came into power, this is, you know, the types of weapons that the Jedi made in order to fight against them. And that was one of the things I was talking about when Light of the Jedi was kind of announced of just like, use lightsaber technology, but in different kind of ways and not just like corn horn here, my lightsaber is a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck but you, like, corn. Come on. right? But like, actually, in a very unique way, to where it's a completely different weapon. Yeah. Um. And so that's very cool. <laughs> yeah. So in in light of the Jedi, we really explored um the different ways that all the different characters sort of experience the Force and sort of mm -hmm. all the different metaphors of of how it presented itself to them. And I feel like this book, the the sort of like aspect of the Jedi that it started to explore was these different ideas of lightsabers and mm -hmm. and different ways and and how and sort of the relationship between the Jedi and their lightsaber, which we've explored in other ways too. But like I think that as demonstrated by this lightsaber whip and the force whispering to her in the middle of the night. Can you imagine? Just like <laughs> I would just be like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guess I'm making a light whip now. <laughs> right, I guess we're doing this. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think I, I get like the authors were clearly very excited to explore new and interesting ways, uh, you know, things about the Force and about the Jedi. And, and mm -hmm. we've seen that in both of these stories now. And I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. And I, I did really like that, um, right, with both Emery and Vern being Force sensitive, they could do some of the same things, but like their specialties were very different. Mm -hmm. um, and they acknowledged that about each other and that was okay, right? That, you know, Emery was, is very good at 
sensing other people's feelings and probably better with, you know, connecting with other creatures in the force and, you know, things like that. And that's a strength. And it's something that like Vern admires and is not like jealous of. Um, and it's not really seen as like, I don't know, like a, a lesser force power or anything like that. Like, because there's like enough Jedi that you can specialize in things and it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't all have to be very good at like telekinesis in order to like matter. Just because that's the objectively coolest force ability <laughs> doesn't mean that you all have to do it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So let's talk about Emery. He yeah. was he was kind of I, I mean, he was cool, I guess, but he was he felt a little more one-dimensional to me until the end when he started to really like I guess yeah. I guess and, and looking back, like that was that was kind of building throughout was this he was trying to process his grief and didn't have the tools to do it, which again, relatable. Right. <laughs> and then it all just kind of welled up in this this uh, impulsive act of trying to <laughs> trying to kill the pirates at the end. Right. Yeah, this poor meaty baby um, <laughs> who, like, doesn't really believe in himself and, like, second guesses their own value, Ash. Um, <laughs> I think it's very clear. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, like, which is, which is fine, right? Like, I think... I think it was very interesting to see this much of a Padawan who is at the very beginning of their journey, mm-hmm. right? Like, even though he had been with Master Douglas for two years, like, two years isn't that long when he's, like, what, 14 or whatever? Right. Um, right. So he started when he was 12. You're 12 years old. Like, I know 12 years old, 12-year-olds who still, like, like don't know how don't know when to like ask to go to the bathroom before (laughs) they have an emergency right like 12 year old is young and like regardless of if you're a jedi or a padawan and like the only other padawans that we really see as far as like the movies go right is like anakin who's too good for his own yeah. Yeah. And then Obi-Wan, but it's right before he's really ready to take the trials. And so he's very competent. Um, we don't get to see what it's really like to be someone starting out on this journey of like, well, now you're a Padawan. So like now it's a big deal because you're you're out with your master, you're going on these journeys, like it matters now what you do. It's not just it's not only just training. Yeah. Well, and he, he was clearly like inherently riddled with self-confidence issues as a person already. And then you throw him into the situation where the only other Jedi is like the same age as you and is like the youngest in the class, essentially to achieve the the rank of Jedi. Like that, of course, it's all going to well up and make you feel a little worse about yourself, which is totally unjustified. And at the same time, I get it. Right. Like, how can you not feel self-conscious around that yeah Yeah. like even if you are a jedi that doesn't mean you're not a being with feelings right (laughs) right especially when you're in a crisis situation and you can't do as much as you want to to help and like that's what was really getting you know emory stuck is that every time he tried to do something 
he couldn't get it all of the way there. Mm -hmm. And that has to be so frustrating when you're trying to help, you know, you are being relied on, not just by like these two younger kids who um, don't have force powers, but also by the fancy prodigy Jedi Knight over here who like (laughs) does need help and can't do everything by herself. Right. So it's, And everyone else in the party is basically looking to her for leadership and looking to her to make decisions. And you're just like, I'm a Jedi too. And you're like, kind of. (laughs) But am I? Like, do I really deserve this? Right. Especially, you know, hearing kind of his backstory of he didn't necessarily believe that he was worthy of being a Jedi until he met Master Douglas. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, again, that's only two years to build your confidence up. And that's a slow go in two years. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't, I don't blame you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. That's a tough deal to be, to be given no matter who you are. Right. Um, and I think, I think seeing his kind of temptation by the dark side was really interesting. Mm -hmm. um especially of how like easy it was and even for when it's it's a righteous thing right like it's because he was hurting and in pain and like wanted someone to pay for killing all those people not like not just master douglas um but also that he because he's so attuned to other people's feelings, right? He was like feeding off of honesty's anger. And that only made like the the pull to the dark side like stronger. And I think that's very interesting uh, because, you know, we, the fall to the dark side we all saw was, was Anakin. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anakin had like very personal dramatic reasons and he was also like <laughs> slowly being tempted by emperor fucking palpatine right. <laughs> like during like, all of this right the source of all evil in the galaxy was just right. like right there <laughs> feeding feeding you lies since right. you were a nine-year-old yeah, boy just, like grooming right? you for this exact thing <laughs> yeah and so to just see how easy it is even when like there's nobody whispering in your ear um, right. It's just because something very bad happened. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you let yourself give in, then you, you, it's, it's a tough break. It's a tough deal. Um, but again, I really like how they handled it. Right. It, it was a learning experience. Right. And it was treated as like a normal thing. Yes, that happens. Yeah. You don't ace every test. Luckily, didn't kill anyone this time. Right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Luckily, you could not actually do any damage to Vern. Right. Because she's too OP. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, that's really ugh. like it's and it was interesting to see how it kind of left him when he couldn't feel that anger anymore and how it kind of naturally comes and goes in life and it it definitely felt more like this is balance and like this is just part of the world 
um, and part of the galaxy rather than like someone being insidious. Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, it's called that for a reason. You're um, forgiven. So, right. Like someone being, you know, someone trying to make you evil. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it is a natural thing that happens. And like, that's why you have to be proactive against it. Well, and it's funny, like, I guess I've never really compared falling to the dark side to my own experiences before, which is a funny sentence to say out loud, but (laughs) like, just like the, as you describe that sort of feeling of like, when the anger left him, then suddenly he was no longer susceptible to that. And like that, that is a something that we can all relate to, right? When Mm -hmm. you're just like so angry about something and it just builds up and builds up and you maybe do reckless things or say regrettable things in that moment. And then just like, but that feeling of relief when suddenly the anger just like, whether it's sudden or over time, like depending on the situation. But I I can recall specific instances where I like had this built up anger and then just, it was like a snap of a finger where I was just like, I actually can't do this anymore. Yep. And that relief that you feel afterwards and- Right. And like, cool. the now I understand how the Jedi feel. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Because again, like, yeah, it's not right. Like, does the, it's, it's just a really bad situation and like bad situations happen. And like Master Skier, love Master Skier. We'll talk about <laughs> that later. Um, like Master Skier and Vern talk about it where, or maybe just Vern talks about it where, being being true to the light side is constantly choosing the light side mm-hmm. and right it's being when you're faced with uh, bad things Ooh, are you it's going like to allyship choose? right like are you going to choose you just don't choose to be the light side you have to do the act every keep, single day yes you have to keep working at it you can't just be like well i'm good so therefore any of my actions are good and yeah. it's like no you have to, every situation is going to be different. Like the intention behind things does matter. Um, but even then the aftermath of what you do does matter, right? Are you going to um, continue being an asshole about the shit that you did? Or <laughs> are you going to like learn from this experience and choose to do better next time? Yeah. And like that is being of the light is choosing to do better next time. Yeah. Yeah. Meg, how have we been doing this podcast for more than five years and we've never just like sat here and had a philosophical conversation about the light side, the dark side, and the Jedi, and the Sith? Like, I what? know! <laughs> thanks, Justina Ireland. Yeah, thanks, this, this middle grade book. I mean, I think there's a lot of value in all of these stories, no matter like for what audience they're for. Yeah. So, um, right, it's just like the at what level of like reading comprehension is this written for, right? And yeah, like, what level are you engaging with it at? Right, and is this content going to be racy or is, is there gonna be any swearing? Which like some, most stories don't really need any of those things right. if it's not actually about those things. So like, yeah, we're fine. And you know what? Maybe there was some hooking up that happened in that cave during the yeah. acid rain. Like, and that's <laughs> fine. We don't need to know about it. We don't. We <laughs> if don't that's how they were coping with their trauma, like, yeah, fine. We, we don't need to know what J6 was thinking about that entire right. time in the <laughs> You're cave. Right. If anyone was having dirty thoughts, it was the it droid. Was <laughs> yeah. She's just like, I'm just going to think about something good. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, let's talk about Avon and the droid because I feel oh, like boy. they were the heart of the story. They truly which is funny because she was like the most literal and analytic character. Right. But still, she's this tiny child. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, uh, Danny and Seth. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Truly. Yeah, um, it's, I, I mean, it, that also, I feel like her story is so relatable. And, and in this case, probably to younger folks too, of just like, mm-hmm. she's mad at her mom the whole time. Right. And then it gets recontextualized at the end. She goes, oh, it was actually for my own good after all. Right, because it's again- an important like, lesson. How, right, because you don't always know the motivations of like your parents or right. when you're younger, like why older people do what they do, especially like- I knew that age, for- you just automatically assume that it's, they're, they're out to get you. Right, <laughs> and you're you the always victim. do, yeah. yeah. And especially like Avon really thinks that, you know, anything that she does in the pursuit of gaining answers and like knowledge can't be wrong. Um, which is like, mm, you gotta think about that for a second. But like, you know, she's she's a genius and that's what she's gonna do. Yeah. Um, but like, especially hearing about her family, they don't talk about their emotions. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have like sit downs and big feelings time. They, right? Like her explaining her family was very much like, I can see why you would think the worst of your family. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it does. That's why it's helpful to talk about your feelings, even if it's not like to the people who are making you have those feelings, but like to your friends, um, because they can give you, or to, you know, professional support, um, because they can give you a viewpoint that's different from your own. And even if it's not, even if you don't necessarily believe it right away, like Avon did, like it at least lets you understand that like, there are a lot of ways to think about a certain situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did really, I really appreciated her and just like, I loved all of her like inner dialogue. Yep. Um, was like so real and uh, just the way that she acted about everything was like really believable and like yeah. really realistic. Her like desire to get her hands on a lightsaber more than anything else, which <laughs> like I'm surprised that's not something we've seen more often because if you know she's in proximity to these Jedi, right? What a fascinating thing that lightsaber like it's the thing it's that's the mythical weapon uh, that you hear about, you right. know. And and she's got the scientific mind. She just wants to understand how it works. Right. Only Jedi can make them. Like what? <laughs> right. Yeah. How? Why? What is? What's the deal? So yeah, I just loved the the whole subplot of her just like wanting to yoink a, a lightsaber the entire time right. just so she could look at it and hold it. <laughs> can I over that one, please? Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, yeah, and that like she is she's an absolutely sincere character. Mm-hmm. Um, she just again sometimes chooses science over empathy or like just I mean she's a young kid she doesn't necessarily know how to phrase all these things in a in a in in a in a a way that like an adult or a more mature person would say but like there's never anything like malicious or mean-spirited that she does like she's a very good girl yep she just wants answers and wants to know and like science. <laughs> <laughs> and she still she still lets people trust 
and like believe in the things that they believe in like she never tries to like prove the force wrong like she accepts that the force exists even with all of her scientific reasoning and i think that's really important yeah that's a cool point i hadn't thought about yeah it's that like those both of those things can exist yeah and science doesn't have to explain everything right away and someone being really interested in science doesn't mean that like something spiritual or something you can't see or prove oh is wrong. that guy is using the force to keep the acid rain off of him yep that makes sense right smart <laughs> yeah good good use of the resources you have available to you i would also <laughs> right like but no we have an umbrella like that's right. just how it is um and like i really like that about her because i think oftentimes it's too much like science versus spiritual um, or science versus the supernatural and they don't let them co coexist together. But this was a very good example of like Vern, not uh, Vern, uh, but Avon just like, they both exist. And so we're gonna see if the Jedi can do it. And if, the, if that doesn't work out, we're gonna use, you know, my little recon droid. And like, it was all fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and of course, J6 was delightful and the whole the whole running gimmick of how she like <laughs> basically took C3PO and made him sassy. Oh my god. <laughs> took out took out the uh the um manners, what is the word I'm looking for? Protocol. Etiquette. The etiquette, oh, etiquette. Uh, <laughs> yeah. protocol or whatever. I really I kind of wish that we had had a couple chapters from the perspective of J6, because oh I feel like gosh. the droid was an equal part of the the party as everyone Her else. Her chapter would just be like fuck all these humans and yeah. <laughs> like that yeah just two sentences just like i'm over this right i'm going to go into partial standby mode yeah <laughs> um oh my gosh and like i really like that about um avon especially was that you know and honesty thought this as well but just that like hey droid should have more independence and yeah, yeah why didn't i think of that yeah, and like, hey, they should have some be be capable of independent thought. Like, we shouldn't use them, um, you know, as as harshly as we do without giving them the choice about things. Yeah. Um, and once like again, was, kids are the best. Yeah, that was because it just comes so natural to them. And as we'll see, two hundred years later, L three is still apparently an anomaly. If you accept Ugh. Solo a Star Astoria's canon, which we don't, so. <laughs> no, not on this podcast. Not on Rogue Podger and any affiliated podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we accept Emphis Nest as canon and that is it. Yeah. The, yeah we yeah, need yeah. the Emphis Nest cut. Has Jeff made that yet? Uh, I mean, he I can definitely he probably whip one out real fast. <laughs> <laughs> the Emphis Nest and Lando Calrissian cut. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's all we need. For it that. wouldn't make any sense at all, but it's, yeah. Does it matter? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, what a fun, what a fun addition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was... And I feel like it's almost cliche at this point for a, a Star Wars gang to have like a droid with them. Yeah. Right. Or like an adventuring group to have a droid with them. Um. And even like the sassy droid is almost cliche. Right. Like we have Chopper, we have uh, uh, K2SO, like mm -hmm. um, even R2-D2 is kind of the OG like sass bot, right? Right, more <laughs> more often than not, they are sassy. <laughs> yeah, but I still felt like Justina did a really gr incredible job of differentiating this droid and giving her a unique like 
this is why she's acting this way. And, and even sort of the yeah. way that she was like processing her existentialism was, right. was, was fun and unique. Great. And like, she still obviously cared about Avon and like looked out for her, but like, just don't want to be bothered all the time. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it's not because, today. Why do we have to do life and death now? Right, Because again, she is not actually a nanny droid. Right. And so I think if her base programming was a nanny droid, you'd get a very different kind of independent personality but like she above all things is really just like i'm supposed to be a bodyguard so i don't really have to care about your feelings as long as i keep you safe mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so and like even when they gave her the the fruit and we're like oh you, one of like her nanny protocols is to see is this safe for like our biology and rather than just like I'm sure doing something very simple to test whether or not it's safe. She just smushes it in her hand. <laughs> so it gets everywhere. Yeah. Safety drops it on the ground. <laughs> like, such a Yeah, a nanny droid. droid you probably should not be. No, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, she was she was delightful she has she's so the one guns. of the group that i'd probably want to like go get drinks with after hours you know oh yeah and be like give me the tea yeah, right <laughs> you were never allowed to talk about it before but now you can yeah tell me everything <laughs> but and like, then of course we have our good boy uh, honesty weft honesty weft <laughs> <laughs> What is your name? Of, of the Weft family, of the Weft lineage. Oh, God. Honesty Weft. I just, this poor, soft, gangly, very gray boy. <laughs> I feel like it's important to acknowledge that he has freckles in the artwork, too. Yeah, of course he does. Like, he's a freckled. He's freckled. He's a little dweeb. Yeah. who wants to be a combat I, doctor. I just want to be a soldier. I just want to do my trial thing. Right, his metamorphosis. Yeah. Um, which like, I kept being like, no, they're mostly humans because I kept wanting to think of them as like bug people um, <laughs> because I kept talking about their metamorphosis. And I'm like, bug people. Has to be bugs. Yeah. Um, but no, they're mostly people. Um, that would have been epic, though, if this book had ended with him, like, building a cocoon around himself and then emerging as, like, a giant praying <laughs> mantis or something. Um, <laughs> I think... I don't know. That'll be for the sequel, I guess. Just, yeah. you know, you can, you can Venmo me later. Yeah, he has, to, he has to talk in front of the Senate first, and then he has to go... He wants to go home. And then he can build a cocoon. Yeah. And then he'll emerge as a combat doctor. <laughs> right. Like, I was really surprised at first when he kept talking about how he's going to be like a warrior, he's going to be a soldier. And I was just like, this kid? Yeah, it did not um, fit with his personality. Right. But then, as you found out, he actually wants to be a combat doctor. Right. That made a lot more sense. Right. Yeah. Is that like he wants to save people in the field? And like, that is different and still like and like a very noble brave thing to do um because like that's so scary and um that i think that aligns more with like the person that i see Mm -hmm. honesty being but like also 
his dad was right. Like he needed to leave house. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think this was good for him. Yeah. I mean, not the part about his dad dying tragically, but like, I right. think this was good for him. He, I, he, I, yeah. I love the scene where he's like pretending to sleep and Emery's <laughs> like, I know you're awake. I'm, I, I may be a Padawan, but like, I still understand how the force works. Like, I know right. you're awake. And he's like, yeah, okay. And All Emery's right. like, you want to go fuck him some pirates? And he's like, yeah. 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 Yes, <laughs> it was I like do. such a like stereotypical, like teen boys, just be a teen boys moment. Right. But also it's like teen boys who are both dealing with really a, a lot of trauma from this thing that just happened and doing the only thing that they know, you know, the only thing that's within their control is to go fuck up some pirates yeah and i i really appreciated um i really like his his kind of inner dialogue when it came to all of the other characters because he's the one who's new Mm -hmm. and like doesn't have to have any respect for or fondness for like anybody of their group right and so like his judgments of people were just like brutally honest (laughs) (laughs) you really gonna let her walk all over you like that right or just being like uh avon seems like the type of person who welcomes chaos and then lets it rain down on the people around her (laughs) and i'm like whoa boy you're right but jesus (laughs) (laughs) like that's (laughs) but then like that's where the honesty comes from right um they foreshadowed it the parents yeah. knew uh but like he he needed to be around people who are very different from those on Dalnan. like he needed another he needed more viewpoints of the world and more of what is going out in it in order to like be the person that he wanted to be and so yeah. like this adventure sucked it's, but it was I, very good for him. you're right that like honesty weft's entire story arc was essentially like the the kid who went to the high school with 100 kids and never left town studies yeah. abroad for a semester right it like gets his eyes open to like the greater world that's out there right and like yeah the first week like Every food he eats makes him sick. Yeah. And he gets lost a million times. He doesn't understand a word anyone around him is saying. Right. But then in the end, like at the end of that semester, like he confidently speaks with locals and he knows his way around town Mm -hmm. and like really loved the experience. And like he probably did not love this experience because like his dad died and they were in mortal danger and all of those things. You know, but like just those things. I think he understands what good came out of it for himself and like he has a friend now and understands the galaxy and is now going to like do something important for not just like his planet and his people but for anybody living out in that space um and like this is him stepping up and like also respecting his parents um a lot of good lessons learned by honesty i'm I'm proud of him because he was like a little baby yeah but like this this got him to the place where he thought he was but wasn't yet yeah yeah he thought he was tough shit and we're like nope you live a privileged life 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The alternative version of this story was honesty weft learns about white privilege. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, honesty. <sighs> yeah. 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 Um, I, th- I think we can expect great things from the Weft family <laughs> in <yeah>. the future. <laughs> Ridiculous name. Um, I, for, for non main characters of the story, I was so thrilled when they brought in Master Skier. <laughs> um, I'm in love with Master Skier, his big lizard head. He's well, popping then, up in everywhere. He's in the he was in Light of the Jedi. He's in the the comic series. That's what lizards do. They just pop up everywhere. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um love him. He's so smart and so patient and called Vern out when she started doubting herself. Yeah. And is the one who suggested that Imri be her Padawan. Well, and I always appreciate when we take like a species that's well established as being one specific stereotype because mm-hmm. of the one character we know about them and flipping it on its head and being like, actually there can be multiple types of characters within this single species. Right. And Actually, I also, he's the most handsome, so like... Yeah. Therefore, <laughs> as we all know, handsome yeah. equals good and patient <laughs> and kind. Right. Actually, Trandoshans, handsome, wonderful, great Jedi masters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's great. Uh, I really liked how much Avon talked about the Mon Cala because she spent... Like mm-hmm. a month there or a year there or whatever. Yeah. Speaking of study abroad. Yeah. <laughs> Which like, I think we can both agree. If you're going to study abroad anywhere in the galaxy far, far away. Absolutely. That's Mon the Cal. place to do it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, and like, I just, the, we already talked about like the, the Nihil characters. Um, but I think they were a very good setup for like what to expect in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah there wasn't much to them besides just like bickering i really appreciated how the girl had pink hair of course um you know (laughs) as girls do (laughs) right yeah pink-haired girl yeah alternate alternative shit into some you know anarchy uh (laughs) yeah and then speaking of species who are all typecast um (laughs) the 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 leader of their they had cool names of everything but now i don't remember what they yeah were. i forget i i still have to learn them too i don't yeah. i don't fully understand the nile like structure. structure yeah which i think is kind of maybe the point partially because their whole thing is anarchy and chaos right but like also there's clearly structure built into their organization which right I, i'm hoping we we get in more into that in future books because like that is they kind of touched on it a little bit later the jedi how it makes sense but i don't know if yet if it makes sense <laughs> yeah well, we'll see yeah. um but it's a quarred it's a quarred yeah 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 with the <laughs> missing a single tentacle right yeah. um which like cool like she sounds look. very cool which is why i'm like mad be- that like all Quarrens we've seen have basically been villains mm-hmm. um, because like this particular villain sounds very cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you want to be like excited about her, but also like we got to stand our ground on this whole like typecasting right. thing. Right. I'm just like, uh, again with the Quarren, <laughs> but also this particular one, very cool. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I'm and I'm, I'm like, because yeah, like I said, she's not part of the leadership as it was described in Light of the Jedi. So I am curious right. to see, like, they didn't really say who she is or what her role is here. So yeah, there's some intrigue there. Yeah, it's very right, and like how how big are they then, right? Like how many different little groups do they have and mm-hmm. how how widespread are they, right? Like it it begs a lot of questions that are yet to be answered. Yeah. 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 Cool. Did you yeah. like the book? I did. I really liked the book. Um, yeah. It's a fun little adventure. It was, it was. Your mileage may fun. vary if you're not a fan of like books for middle grade audiences, mm-hmm. but I really think more adults should be reading middle grade books because clearly we got some little lessons out of it mm-hmm. and some fun characters. Yeah. And I really don't think there was anything in this book that is like specifically would knock it down into middle grade as far as like content mm-hmm. goes. Um, besides that, like, yes, the main characters are all youths, but like, I think there is a lot of value in adults um watching media that does center on youths uh because of you should know how kids are um and also how kids think of adults i think is also very important (laughs) um but like yeah like there's no like usually in uh, in that in like modern in in our normal universe set stuff you know you get like toilet humor and like stuff like that there's like nothing like that that would really knock it into a place where like this is for kids yeah um it's just that like reading comprehension level is something that middle graders can read and understand and process Mm -hmm. um and so like yeah there's nothing that i think would make it so adults couldn't enjoy this book yeah and if you tried light of the jedi or apprehensive about light of the jedi like light of the jedi was i I loved it clearly we talked about it last episode and also there were so many characters there was so much going on in that book whereas this is just so much more focused on this this core group of characters clearly we talked more we talked longer about these characters than we did any any of the characters in that other book because we just had a chance to really kind of dig into these so if that's more Mm -hmm. your style like i think this is a great entry point for for folks that prefer that more intimate sort of story yeah, it made me, it made me, it definitely made me more interested in everything that's going on in the High Republic, of which I really had no interest in before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that's a pretty glowing review. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because, like, I, again, I didn't really care, but, like, now I do want to find out, like, how everything is working and what is really out there and how things really are. Um, especially knowing that like, you know, this is 200 years before um, Papa Palpatine and all of that. Yep. And it's it seems so good right now that like I'm apprehensive <laughs> right. about like, you know, yeah, it's I don't know get how bad. right, like <laughs> and I and I don't know how long right that like the high republic is going to be the thing that star wars is focusing on as far as like all of these books and all of this media is coming out about them right Mm -hmm. and so i i wonder what we're gonna learn next about it um because there is such a large time gap that they have to play with yeah 
Yeah, I think. I, I mean, we talked about this on the last one, but I think like we're definitely going to be sad. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of sadness. And it, and again, it'll be interesting to see how that translates across the different levels of the different books that they're publishing here too. Right. Right. So um, anything else about A Test of Courage? Um, I mean, it really tested their courage. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nothing besides like, I really think you like people should read this book. Um, or if in later books, if any of these characters pop up, um, this is a, probably going to be a great book to backfill um, their storylines about. Like if Vern shows up later, it's like Vern and Emery show up later in an adult level book or whatever. Mm-hmm or in the comics, I think that this is going to be like the book to go to, to like learn about them as individuals and their motivations. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I hope they turn up again. I hope all five of them turn up again. And, and Kara obviously too. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye out and we'll be talking about it when we do. Thanks for joining us for our super casual high Republic discussion about a test of courage mm-hmm. we're rogue padron you can find us at rogue padron and all the rogue padron things you know you know where we are <laughs> yeah uh season 19 starts very soon mm-hmm. and we'll also have one more high republic episode in the next couple of weeks about claudia gray's new book uh into the dark darkness oh boy so you know that Claudia Gray writing a book titled "Into the Darkness." I'm sure it'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, like Star Wars, st- darkness in Star Wars has never made anything <laughs> bad, right? <laughs> Yikes! Yep. So keep an I, eye out for what? that. I'm ready for Claudia Gray to break my heart again. Yeah, it's been it's been a few years, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. started to become a ritual at this point. So yep. yeah, bring it on, Claudia. Until then, though, we are all the Republic. Nice. That's the tagline we came up with. Oh, okay. <laughs> do do I have to say nice? You, if you want, I think I think it'd be nice, nice. if you did. Yeah, there we go. <laughs>